0: You're listening to the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable, the official Star Wars Rebels discussion podcast of StarWarsReport.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RebelsRoundtable, on Twitter at RebelsRound, or through our website, RebelsRoundtable.com. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, so strap yourselves in and welcome to the show. Hello everyone, welcome to the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable. I am one of your hosts slash panelists, Nathan P. Butler, and this time we continue our series of little mini-interviews, sort of a getting-to-know-us series To introduce new listeners and returning listeners, to an extent, to members of the Rebels Roundtable team. Because, let's face it, uh, we're entering into a new era of podcasting for us as we move into Rebels Roundtable. Many of us having come over from Republic Forces Radio Network, but also from Star Wars Beyond the Films, that we may wind up finding people who listen to one show, but not the other in the past, who might need a little bit of a primer on exactly who it is they are dealing with as we're moving into this new show. So we've taken a look at some members of the team from a public forces radio network, and now we want to shift our gaze over to Star Wars Beyond the Films. So joining me this time for a brief introduction for our new audience members and such, we have with us my co-host from Star Wars Beyond the Films over at StarWarsReport.com, Mr. Mark Herleman. Hey, Mark, how are you?
1: Don't worry, Whistler. I have it encrypted. He's worried, you know, this whole Rebels thing. He's afraid the Empire's going to come down on him, and he is not fond of Vader. Hey, Nate, it's good to be here. Glad to be here. It's long overdue. Kind of uh, been itching to get my voice onto the feed.
0: (laughs) Now, can we even use Whistler anymore? Because Whistler is that old continuity apparently Whistler is the legends continuity now and, and if hey, I'm underst- Whistler's
1: my droid that's as far as it
0: goes <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just I'm just thinking of some of the clips we've seen of rebels if I'm understanding Chopper right uh, at least Chopper as a droid and his droid line in Star Wars Rebels I think instead of uh, tweeting and beeping you have to sound like somebody farted into a fan if I'm understanding correctly. Well, maybe we'll put a fan in front of you. Uh, <laughs>
1: there yeah. You go. I mean, at the, the end of the day, he was always an R2 unit. I
0: mean, you know. He's an R a, something.
1: Yeah, an R2 something 812257428. Yeah, you're still a good droid. All
0: right. Well, We want to take it through the same four questions we've been asking of our other hosts here because we think that these are probably the best ones to to introduce people to our thoughts on this. And folks, you will be hearing more from Mark very soon within this same run of episodes because we will be putting together another of those Data Burst episodes with a look at how the new announcement regarding canon and such changing in Star Wars directly impacts Rebels. We've done an episode of Star Wars Beyond the Films that you'll be seeing over at StarWarsReport.com, of course, as well, that goes into our thoughts in depth on that when it comes to the expanded universe. But the pair of us will be back for a special data burst of the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable to deal specifically with how it affects Rebels itself in a much more limited context there. Uh, Mark, one of our big EU guys in that sense. So keep an eye out. That is coming soon as well. So now, Mark, I guess the first question here, the bedrock question in a lot of ways is how did you first become a Star Wars fan?
1: Well, long story short, single word scenario, women. Uh, Going back to, I don't even know, uh, maybe when I was seven, could have been a little earlier, later, not exactly sure. My grandma on my dad's side of the family, uh, she decided that I was bored, had too much energy, and there was this space show that was on that she thought I might enjoy. My dad was a big Star Trek fan. You know, I grew up, I had to record episodes of Star Trek. We only had one station, and we had the VCR, and I had to pause the uh, commercials out for him. So, you know, I had this whole background in sci-fi that my grandma knew, hey, he likes sci-fi. Have you ever seen this movie called Star Wars? And I had no idea what she was talking about. Sat down and blew my mind. I still don't remember, you know, the whole You know, New Hope when I was watching it, but I remember those X-Wings. You know, the whole battle at the end, I was just beyond myself. And still to this day, any kind of space battle gets me hooked. But then, you know, years go by, and I would say it's about 96, yeah, probably about 96, maybe even 95, uh, when the, the Thrawn trilogy came out, you know, Timothy Zahn's books. And my mom, uh, you know, I was my junior year, and I was struggling with school. And she made me over the summer break of junior to senior year do some homeschooling to catch up on on my education and stuff. And one of the things she was really big on was reading. And she started out of all things, she made me go watch Braveheart. And you know, seems weird going there, but because she wanted me to read that book. And then once I read that book, she's like, "Well, here, you know, read these books," and she got them for me. And I remember reading them and being very confused. You know, a lot of the terminology and stuff was way over my head. You know, I, the closest I had was Star Trek stuff in a few of the movies that I'd seen. And I liked the movies, but I wasn't gun-ho into them at the time. I was kind of, you know, I was more concerned about a social life. And at that time in my genre, you know, admitting that you like Star Wars was social suicide still. You know, that was before the prequels and all that stuff. And it brought the relevance of it being cool back. And so, you know, I read them and, and I... I didn't really, you know, jump all over them. I wasn't salivating. They were okay. And then I set them down and forgot about them. Uh and then because I always they, they were always by my bookshelf uh, on my headboard, you know. So my girlfriend at the time thought that I was really big into Star Wars because I did like the movies, and they were just talking about the special editions coming out. So I was really getting super excited about that. And so she had found out about this whole signing thing going on at a local bookstore. I don't even know what bookstore she went to for this but she managed to surprise me for my birthday uh, and got me the uh, last one, the last command I think is the title of it off the top of my head. I'm not next to my books. But she got it signed by Zon for me, and I remember being just so floored and blown away by that that I was just like, you know, I better grab these books and give them a second go. And by doing that, I don't know what it was, but for for some reason, I just something clicked, and I just could not put them down. And then from there, I was I was trying to get anything I could find, uh, you know, and I ended up finally getting a hold of the uh, essential chronology, the first one. And you know, I'm always accused a lot of spoiling people, you know, (laughs) I'm sure you know that, Nathan, but. When I got that, you know, it was one of those things where like, you got all the spoilers to everything that's going on. And yet at the same time, even though I knew what was going on, when I got to those books, I had no clue how it was going to go on, you know, or, or all the inner interconnected parts and stuff. So it was like, I had this overview of everything that was in the EU and this big galaxy that was there. But I didn't know exactly how it went together. So, you know, for those fans out there that are are concerned about Legends being something cast away, I mean, that's – you're there, man. I mean, just start connecting those dots and discover this tapestry because that's what I got hooked into. I mean, at that point, the New Jedi Order just started ramping up and stuff. And, man, that has been my bread and butter. I mean, that that was a time frame for me. When everything had been shaken up, you know, the the big three were threatened. Chewie had died. I mean, it just shook my world of everything that I just discovered. You know, I mean, the Vong came in. They started wiping out everything. People are dying. Main characters. Everything was at risk, and you know that that allowed me to really kind of just like latch onto that era. But at the same time, you know, he had all these other eras that were coming out. Sith were starting to be explored and things like that. Whole new eras and branches and and groups and stuff. Mandalorians were being focused on more. Uh, Again, the Sith were just huge. I mean, I remember forever wanting Sith books, you know, never getting anything from the dark side's point of view aside from Imperial characters, which honestly at that time bored the heck out of me. I couldn't handle the politics side of things. So when they got to the New Jedi Order and Leia picked up a lightsaber, I was like, Yes! Uh, you know, and moving forward for me, I mean, it was always about those characters, you know, Han, Luke, Leia in the now. But that didn't stop me from enjoying things like Legacy, the comic set 140 years in the future, or the KOTOR stuff way in the past. All good stuff that I loved. And that was what I, I came to enjoy the most about Star Wars was that sea level canon, that Star Wars expanded universe, the legends that we have now. And that was my thriving place for a very, very long time. And it has led me to where I am today.
0: So this will actually be the first time that you're seeing and and sort of experiencing in real time the ground floor of a new Star Wars continuity, pretty much.
1: Absolutely. And the other side of it, too, is is the film side of things. I wasn't that active online when the prequels were coming out. I mean, I was slowly getting into forums and stuff like that, but I wasn't in any of those behind the scenes galleries and the, the video montages and things like that that they had coming out. I was staying away from that. I didn't want to know much about it. I kind of wanted to go in as blind as I could uh, when I went and saw the first film. Granted, by the time we got to episode three, I was at a different approach. I read the book before I saw the movie and I was very thankful I did. But Uh, You know, I remember going and watching episode one. I I had my roommate at the time and my best friends and stuff. And my roommate, uh, you know, he was one of those, you know, really cool cats, (laughs) you know, glassblower kind of guys. And, oh, God, he hated it. You know, granted, part of it was he was on mushrooms when he went and saw it, but he hated it. And. I was like, me and my best friend were the only two in the whole group of eight of us that absolutely came out, just like this is the awesomest thing ever. We gotta go back, you know. We were, I think the two of us went and saw it like four times that weekend, and everybody else just they hated it, couldn't stand it. And my friend Jared, man, I mean, like he went overboard. Like we were working at Taco Bell, and they had the whole uh, Star Wars line of stuff that they had going on there. And you know, as employees or families of the franchise, you couldn't win any of the stuff, but that didn't stop him. He was always buying all the stuff, and then he'd buy like ten and and. 20 stormtroopers and Yoda figures at a time. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. You know, I mean, I was still in that whole, like, I love Star Wars, but I wasn't like, Star Wars is awesome, you know, to everybody in the world. Like my girlfriend knew I was into Star Wars and my close friends, but that was about it. I mean, again, my roommate shunned me. I was like, dude, I gotta keep this on the download still. And I don't know, by by the time episode two came out, at that point, my friend Jared, he started backing off. His his hobby had kind of Weaned away. He had a lot of the figures and stuff. And I kind of started slowly building into the episode one figures. But episode two came. And at that point, I was working at Kodak. I was making some serious bank. I had a really good schedule. And I mean, it was just rolling in the money time. And I was peeing through it like it was water evaporating on a hot plate man I mean I couldn't get the stuff fast enough I was just absorbing it all I was like dude this is great I'm loving this stuff and I had every single one of the episode 2 toys you know I'm every one of them absolutely I still to this day have them all in boxes right? I mean I didn't take any of them out of the packages I was just going nuts with it I had a room that was literally covered all the walls were covered with the figures I had the posters up on the roof I couldn't put up them all my posters uh, and you know and then episode 3 toys started coming out and I was doing the same thing but I was like, you know, I kind of just probably back off this because I wanted to focus on the books. I was really enjoying the books, and a lot of them, like Galaxy of the Fear and stuff, and some of the older, obscure ones that were no longer like C canon, they were more S canon stuff. But I wanted them because I'd read all the other books, and I was like, okay, where are these at? So I started hunting them down. And then as I got those kind of more locked down and got enough of them, that I, I felt like, well, I don't want to buy these at the more exorbitant prices over fifteen bucks. You know, they had to be under certain price. So once I got to that point where we're like, okay, I can't find those anymore, not for the price I'm looking for, then I started getting the comics, you know, and that was just a whole nother world of awesome that, you know, it was just like it was just stumbling onto one franchise after another, but this was all Star Wars, you know? And then finding out that they were actually all really going out of their way to tie together. It was just, it was so much fun. And I was in a geek heaven. I mean, for me before that, I was a, always a big Spider-Man fan and all my friends were always like, dude, keep that on the download. Girls do not like Spider-Man. You just keep that geek stuff off to the side. You you just do that at home. It, it, it's one of those things you do by yourself. And and that was, I mean, that was the, the time I grew up in, man. You did not say anything about your passion for Star Wars, especially around the opposite sex. I mean, back then, there were few and far fangirls.
0: (laughs) Now, you talk a little bit about the collecting and the book purchasing and that sort of thing. So, second question here, how do you usually express your fandom. Things like collecting and if so, what? Though You've touched on that a little bit already. Reading, fan fiction of any kind, audio dramas, written whatever, costuming, that sort of thing. How do you express? I know in your case, one one of yours winds up being baby naming.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my kids uh, and my pets, you know, I had uh, Chewbacca was chewy, you know, and he lived up to that, chewed up everything. I had a dog named Oh, Vienna, good lord, I, so. hope Chew-
0: I hope Chewbacca was one of the pets you're talking about.
1: Yes, yes, yes. These are the pets. Not a child. I'm working my way up to the kids. Uh, you know, and my kids have done the same thing naming their pets. But my first one, uh, you know, Taylor Jade. Jade, of course, from Mara Jade. Uh, and then my son, my son was really close to being named Coran. Really close, which, of course, and I say it wrong. I mean, his name's supposed to be Coran, but I've always called him Coran. And I actually had my mother-in-law on board. It was my mom, my own mom that talked my wife out of it. And she was going for it. So in the end, my son's named Gavin after Gavin Darklighter, another rogue that I really enjoyed. But my my youngest daughter was the one that tickled me the most. I mean, we, we had a miscarriage uh, before we had Jaina. And that one was going to be... Logan Jason we were going to name him you know we were back and forth you know we always want to do a Jason Jaina kind of thing but my wife was kind of hoping that we'd have twins because it does run in the family we just didn't get it but so when we finally had jaina coming along you know and we knew it was going to be a girl i told my wife straight out the gate i said i don't care boy or girl it's jason and jaina you know you can come up with whatever middle name you want it's going to be one or the other uh you know it's, it's, i mean i threw the gauntlet down i'm like this is happening <laughs> and she was okay with it which was very surprising she always liked the name jaina and she always liked the name jason she actually very much related to jason's character she's always been kind of one of those that, that enjoys the dark side so she was okay with it i was like right on So, yeah, my kids were all named that way. Uh, When it comes to expressing my fandom, it's always been through my bookshelf mainly. My bookshelf, you know, as I explained, it's one I got from an old bookstore uh, that was moving across town and the new building couldn't support them and – when I had it, I you know one whole side was just up against the wall. I just never even accessed it because it was so big. Uh, and then slowly over time, my books finally got to the point where I needed to go to the other side. So I ended up cutting it in half and making a wall out of it in my old home. And then we moved to where I'm at now, which you know you can see on uh, my my Facebook page up at the cover page. Uh, you know I've got it kind of split in two in a corner with some shelves up above it. Uh, and then, from there, I moved on into the uh, original unleashed figures, the big statue type ones, Got almost all of those, uh, hunted those down for a long time. And then the die cast, really big in the diecast. that this is at the time where I-, I started getting to the episode three stuff, you know, and I-, I was working at Kodak, and my wife started to say, "You know, hey, we got kids now. you know we're paying mortgage now, no longer rent. Uh, You know, you can't get everything Star Wars anymore. And I was. I was bad. Like, you know, Crayola, if it said Star Wars, if it was a a notepad of paper and it had Jango Fed on the front with clones, I was getting it, you know, or I'd get two because I was going to draw on one and I wanted to have one pristine. You know, I was really stupid about it. You know, (laughs) it's like it did not matter what it was. If it said Star Wars, I was purchasing it. And so, you know, at that point, it was like, okay, well, I need to start Backing off. And so I was like, okay, well, well, I won't get as many figures. I told my wife, you know, because I just got all the episode two figures. I'm like, well, I'll only get the really cool Jedi ones and, and occasionally droids, you know, because there were some droids that I liked. And so I told her, you know, and, and then of course, you know, there were some bounty hunters and stuff. And I was like, well, okay, only the really cool ones. She's like, well, that doesn't work because you think they're all cool. And so I finally had to like bust it down to it was just the Jedi and the droids. And then I was getting the Dark Horse uh, two packs. So I was getting as many of those as I could find and stuff, you know, and then I finally I had to bust it down to the die casts. And then I was like, you know, those started to dry up and stuff. And then, of course, my son got old enough that I was able to go, hey, galactic heroes, you know, let's get these for him. And, you know, I'm compulsive collector. You know, when it comes to Spider-Man, I do the same thing. My daughter, Taylor, I did the same thing with Care Bears. She's got. A huge construction contractor's garbage bag full of almost the entire Care Bear doll line because I'm just that way. And so when these came out for my son, same thing, you know, we're like, oh, he doesn't have these. Let's get them. You know, we go to the store and I'd be like, oh, there's 12 of them here that we've never seen before, you know, and I was of the opinion that you just did not let a Star Wars toy that you have never seen before. That was awesome. Just stand on the shelf because you come back. It will not be there. And so, you know, I mean, I was buying them as soon as the wave would hit. I'd buy as many as I could as long as the money was there, you know, and then, of course, you know, as once I ended up no longer being employed there money got a lot tighter and things changed significantly. It became, you know, I was buying the hardcover books and then I'd turn around and I'd sell them on eBay because eventually I wanted to get them on the paperback and that stuff. And then slowly through, you know, podcasting and stuff, as I found podcasting, I ended up getting on the Delray list and then, you know, was able to get the the hardcovers that way. And then I only had to purchase the comics and the paperbacks and that kind of stuff. But then, you know, you're looking at Halloween and stuff. Well, annual dress up like a Jedi day. Uh, You know, like I bought a uh, Star Wars lightsaber back in the day when I had all the money for 250 bucks. It was a a mantis. They had a mantis and a paladin from uh, Brian's toy store. And I got that and it was a detachable blade. The blade lit up like one of those glow watches and stuff. No sounds. None of that. Way old, way before that FX stuff ever came out. Uh, I've got a Ma- uh, Mace FX one as that came out and stuff. But, you know, I mean, it was just like all about finding that cool stuff and getting the old Jedi robes, getting that going and stuff. You know, I've got those. I've got an outer robe that my wife stitched for me and I have the inner stuff, but I've never commissioned to get it done and I never even thought about doing that. And I should still to this day, because I would love to do it. I've had the 501st out, uh, starting with my son's second birthday, because he was a big Trooper fan, huge fan of uh, Commander Cody. And my friend Martin Varva, guy I met through the 501st, uh, he came to my son's first few birthday parties. And then uh, Alan Quick, uh, now he's the, uh, the the main guy of the uh, garrison over here where I'm at now. He's come out to parties and stuff. Goes to the local iguana comics store, which I used to work at long ago. Does events and stuff there. I go down there now, and you know he's in costume. Hey, Mark, how's it going? And I. I Recognizing my voice and stuff. It's awesome. I, I mean, I, that side of things, I haven't had much experience with. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to getting to go to Celebration and stuff and seeing, you know, firsthand all these collection stuff that that usually I only get to see it online, you know, and usually even so, I don't get to buy it that often. I mean, you know, getting the, the uh, artifacts, Gina Solo was, was really cool for me. You know, I was super stoked to get that because I've never bought statues and things like that. For the most part, my action figures are my statues. You know, I was buying literally two or three at a time, two that I kept in a box, like I got so bad with it that I convinced my wife that I was going to get three, I was going to sell one on eBay because it was going to become rare and expensive because they were hard to find. I'm talking Revan and Darth Malik, things like that. And then I got one to open, which I never did, and another one that I would keep in the box, which all three are still in the box. And then granted, there were other ones where I was buying two of them and I was opening one and keeping the other in the box and they're still in the box still. And I've got this huge collection that my son now has of all these loose ones. Uh, So yeah, I I got crazy with it for a while there especially in the beginning of 2000s and all this is before the internet and i got into the fandom side of things
0: another old comic shop employee must say having lived through that myself it's very much like uh, being an alcoholic tending bar
1: um <laughs> yeah i used I, to get paid in comics
0: <laughs> our third question here and this is something that this audience depending on which show you're coming in from if you are coming from one of our previous shows Uh, whether it's the ongoing Star Wars Beyond the Films or the wrapped-up Republic Forces Radio Network, you may not have heard Mark's thoughts on this because he was not on RFRN. And, of course, RFRN was designed originally to talk about the Clone Wars. If you are interested in sort of a a season-by-season look at the Clone Wars from the Star Wars Beyond the Films rather than Republic Forces Radio Network perspective, Go on StarWarsReport.com, go into the episode directories, and you can find episodes uh, 60 through 64. It's actually 60, 60 60.1, and then 61 through 65, because we have that .1 one in there as a a continuation of the previous one. And you'll hear our thoughts on the Clone Wars, uh, essentially season by season. Eventually, we'll be doing an episode like that for Clone Wars Season 6 in the near future. Uh, For the most part, unless you were listening to Star Wars Beyond the Films, you probably don't know Mark's thoughts on the Clone Wars. And certainly not on season six because we haven't addressed that on that show yet. So, Mark, very pertinent question here for listeners as we head into talking about Rebels is what did you think about the Clone Wars cartoon series and film, of course, overall, particularly now that it's all said and done?
1: Well, I remember the film left me feeling a little, what was that? Uh, (laughs) You know. It came so out of left field at the time, having Anakin, having Apprentice, that I wasn't sure if Lucas had lost his mind or not, uh, which kind of left me not really caring much about the TV show as it came on. And and my cable, I didn't have the extended cable, so I didn't have Cartoon Network at the time. So I wasn't catching the shows at first. Uh, and I believe the same thing was with the Gandhi series. Like, I didn't catch any of that until it came out on DVD. So I figured, you know, I'll do the same thing. You know, I'll wait till season one comes out on on DVD. I'll go and buy it. Uh, and then I believe, I don't know, it might have even been in season one, it could have been at the beginning of season two, when the Mandalorian started coming in. And the whole Karen Travis, travesty that happened as she left, you know, I was a huge Karen Travis fan, really enjoyed what she was doing with the clones and stuff. And then she took her leave. And it was kind of like, wait, the Clone Wars is doing what? Karen's leaving for why? Which isn't the case. But at that time, that was that was the the the, the fandom reaction, you know. And so it was kind of like, What's going on with that Clone Wars show, you know, and I started to tune in and I remember being kind of ticked off, you know, because there were all these things like that's not they they took the Klingons of Star Wars and they made them Vulcans. What the? You know, and, and Rylos no longer tied Rocked and, and, you know, later we got Voss as the surfer hippie and stuff. And that aspect of it really left me hurt. But as the show progressed, you know, we had episodes like Landing at Point Rain. We had the Carnage of Krell. We had the Lawless. You know, of course, Lawless was way farther in. But there were some really good episodes. And again, getting back to, you know, the stylization. You know, I wasn't a fan of the Gandy series stylization. I wasn't a fan of Samurai Jack, unlike Lucas. But... The new stuff they were doing, granted Obi-Wan's beard and stuff was a little hard to get around at first, but the clones, man. Oh, the clones were glorious. Uh, You know, I mean, that's one thing when it comes to 501st side. I love seeing clone troopers of the Clone Wars. Their armor looks so cool. I really dug those characters, and I really think that the way that they were all customized, and the many different types of armor, and the phases of armor, and all that kind of stuff—you know—that was one thing my son really got into too. You know, I was always big on Jedi. Well, my son was big on Troopers, and then he got me hooked. And the Clone Wars did that for me. I mean, it really—I mean, Stormtroopers were ah, all right. You know, I—they were cool, but they were never as cool as Clone Troopers, man. The clone trooper armor and stuff was really what drew me in Rex, especially. Uh, and I mean, you know, going forward from there and following all those stories and stuff, that's where I ended up just getting drawn in. And, you know, now that it's all said and done, granted, it still doesn't line up. And that still irked me to this day that that never did line up. But now we're in a point where I get now that we're able to move forward and. And get around the aspect that, you know, it was Lucas' sandbox and Lucas and the EU never quite lined up. Now we're going to have no EU because it's all going to line up. So I'm excited for that moving forward as we get into, you know, Rebels and stuff like that. But I think the Clone Wars kind of opened my eyes to, you know, what Star Wars could be again. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people i all even refer to in the past as Lucas-only fans, you know, to a lot of ways I've always kind of been envious of them because they haven't had as much material to keep track of, you know. And now they're kind of going to move into that era where, you know, they're going to have a lot more to keep track of and stuff. And, and I find it interesting. And the Clone Wars, I feel like, kind of got me ready for this.
0: <laughs> then lastly here, speaking of moving into Rebels, what do you expect uh, and or hope to see with Rebels?
1: Man, Number one, the main thing I want to see is X-Wings. I want to see some X-Wing dogfights. Uh, When the prequels came out, that was the one thing that really bummed me. You know, I mean, granted, I knew we were going to get Y-Wings and stuff like that. But I was really kind of hoping for some more Z-95 headhunters and stuff to show up or something to kind of have that X-Wing feel. You know, I mean, when I first saw Star Wars, that was what hooked me was watching those fighters. You know, and so going there, that's got me excited. Seeing the uh the Western Jedi, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I've been I've been kinda of trying to stay away from the rebels rumors and stuff. So when I come into it I'm more like, Oh, okay. But I know I'm probably gonna end up getting the books before it comes out and, and kinda of spoiling myself anyway, but I don't know. So so seeing, you know, how his character plays into things and the status of the Jedi at this time and what's going on with Vader and if Vader's going to show up or if he's going to just be like a, an ever-present threat uh, star destroyers. You know, I I think for me I'm really looking forward to the space side of things. I mean, granted the characters and stuff are going to be fun, but the space battles have always been where it's at for me so when we get to watch stuff like that or if we get to watch stuff like that I'll be really tickled but there is the possibility that we may not see that I mean it might just be smuggling and and you know running blockades and stuff and not big battles like what we saw in the Clone Wars so I don't know I mean maybe I'll be disappointed in that aspect but I don't know the character side I'm curious you know what's this inquisitor how does this lightsaber work the hilt's kind of interesting. And will elements from the EU or Legends, as it's now called, start prevalently coming over? I mean, you know, will we start seeing more things? They've talked about the Imperial Security Bureau, the ISB, showing up. We now have Inquisitors. I mean, you know, are we a step away from Emperor's hands showing up? Things like that. I'm very curious. I mean, we're in in a place now where it feels very Battlestar Galactica and I wasn't a fan of the original one. So, I mean, you know, now I kind of feel like how they, you know, those original fans felt when they were watching the remake, like, you know, Oh, 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 that's that character. What, what are they going to do with them? You know, I guess mean, is Mara Jade going to show up. Are we going to see K'Kruk show up? I mean, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's a character I would have loved to see made it into the Clone Wars.
0: It'd be interesting. Maybe Mara Jade will come back. Except now it's Mark Jade. Cause they pull a Starbuck on him. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we're going to flip your gender here. A little gender bender going on. All right, folks. Well, you'll be able to hear more of uh, Mark's thoughts and mine, of course, in relation to what's going on with this new continuity and such that he has referenced a few times in both the upcoming Data Burst episode here of the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable, uh, but also in the recently released, at least probably by the time you're hearing this, or about to be released episode of Star Wars Beyond the Films, also from Star Wars Report. Dot com. Remember, if you want to keep track of Rebels Roundtable, hop on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Rebels Roundtable, or on Twitter at Rebels Round. You can also use RebelsRoundtable.com to send yourself directly to our section of Star Wars to keep track of things. Also, be sure, of course, to hop on iTunes because if the feed is not up there yet, it will be in the very near future. So you'll be able to not only subscribe through there, but also give your thoughts about the show as it's Building up to the launch of Star Wars Rebels later this year. Uh, Mark, I want to thank you for joining me and providing your insights. Hopefully, uh, the new listeners who haven't heard you before have a better feel for you now. I look forward to uh, chatting with you as we get into Rebels.
1: Uh, that's fun. I can't wait. And uh, looking forward to getting feedback from all you Rebels out there as well. And looking forward to getting to chat to the rest of the hosts.
0: For Rebels Roundtable, good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable. Interact with us online at Facebook.com slash or on Twitter at Rebels Round. Also, be sure to visit RebelsRoundtable.com when looking for an episode directory of the show. The Rebels Roundtable team is proud to carry on the legacy of Nganza Media's Republic Forces Radio Network podcast. We invite you to visit RepublicForces.com's archive section to hear many of the team members' thoughts on the Clone Wars, droids, Ewoks, and the Clone Wars micro-series. And check out Star Wars Beyond the Films, the official Expanded Universe podcast of StarWarsReport.com, hosted by Nathan and Mark, which you can find amongst the Second Airborne Division podcast network on StarWarsReport.com.